Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, welcome to another edition of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. I am your host, Mitch Robbins, joined by Adam Sapi from the Anthony Michael Group, helping organizations across the life sciences to build best in class uh, technical teams, areas like regulatory affairs, quality, uh, engineering. We do a lot with market access, et cetera. Each and every week we are here with a, another topic all related to talent, whether it's on the hiring side or the candidate side. And uh, today we're going to talk about something that I think both Adam and I are very passionate about, and that is the fact that your LinkedIn profile is your resume 2.0. So before we jump in, I wanna give you some context about what I mean, what this title means, and share some eye-opening stats with you. 97,000 or almost 100,000 companies are on LinkedIn. That's wild. Not only that, 187 million, almost 200 million people use LinkedIn every single day. But here's the biggest problem. The biggest problem with, with LinkedIn is that most people log in and maybe send a few messages to some colleagues or friends. They may interact with recruiters and send out the resume. They may check out a few of the viral posts, but then they're off and they log out and they're missing such huge potential of what your LinkedIn profile and your LinkedIn account can actually do for you. And so that's what we're gonna dig into today. Uh, but without further ado, Adam, how are you, man? It's, I'm doing well. I didn't notice that we, uh, we didn't share a memo uh, leading up to this. We're like the blue blue shirt brothers here. We we didn't plan that, but I'm oh, doing well. <laughs> good point. Good point. Well, I know that uh, you were recovering from last week from being ill, so it's good to have you here, man. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be here. A little bit of a tickle in my throat still, so I apologize if I, I'm not much fun to uh, listen to. But yeah, excited to uh, excited to do today's show. Awesome. Awesome. Well, listen, you know, I, you and I have both had a variety of conversations with hiring managers uh, as of late, and a lot of them are frustrated with the recruitment progress that their organization isn't making on their behalf. And so what they're doing is they're being proactive. They're jumping on LinkedIn. They're doing keyword searches and they're trying to recruit themselves for themselves. Yep. Yep. But what happens is if your LinkedIn profile is not dialed in, you inadvertently are going to miss out on so many opportunities that you otherwise would have known about, right? And given that the number one reason that people make a change is because of career opportunity, it's so important to have that LinkedIn profile dialed in. Yeah. And so I want to dig in and, and really talk about um, dialing in your LinkedIn profile and how to do so. And then we're going to talk about two other elements so that if you think that your LinkedIn profile is dialed in already, we're going to give you some actual insights to take it to the next level. And so here's how I think we should do it. I think we should talk about what is a dialed in LinkedIn profile and how do you do it? We're going to talk about the power of content and no, we're not asking you to be influencers or anything, but we're going to talk about the power of content and what that means to you. And we're also going to talk about engagement 
And how does engagement actually help you even when you're not actually looking for an opportunity? How does that sound? Awesome. That sounds great. <clears throat> cool. So before we get started, if you, you know, into these actual insights, what's your thoughts? What are some of the mistakes or some of the issues that you see on, on LinkedIn with LinkedIn profiles? Yeah. And like you're saying, it's, it's your resume 2.0. It, it might even be a higher number than that. It's, it's definitely a game changer. Um, I, I, I was uh, thinking of, you know, almost like back in the day, um, you know, like, like in the music industry, the Beastie Boys, you know, they, they made their big break because they're, you know, making demo demo tapes and then trying to get it in the right hands. And, and sometimes that works, sometimes it didn't. It's a, it's kind of a crapshoot. Um, that's how it was for resumes. I, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but um, I remember going to the public library and printing, you know, 50 copies and, you know, and then having those in your car or having them in a, in a briefcase or a binder. Um, and then maybe you would splurge, you know, I'd go to Kinko's and, and get five or eight, you know, professional quality, you know, uh, copies. Maybe it's on paper that's colored. Um, or scented, you know, some people went o o overboard a little bit, but you know, it's that stock photo, the stock paper rather, um, and, and trying to get that into the right hands and it's one-to-one -one, uh, versus now one-to-many. And, and that's where LinkedIn can, can change it. And I'm excited to get into the weeds here a little bit. Uh, I, I'm seeing some real time, um, you know, examples of how powerful LinkedIn can be and is uh, when you do it the right way. And another crazy stat that I wanted to share is Every three minutes, somebody's hired off of LinkedIn. I've Every three that. minutes. That's wild. That's really wild. And, and so when we talk about LinkedIn profiles, I want you to think of your profile as an investment property. Think about investors. So they go to buy a piece of property. They have to analyze, is it the right location? Is it going, are we going to be able to offer the right amenities? What's the shape of the property? How are we going to maximize our return on investment? I want you to think about your profile that way, because the more that you put into it, the more you're going to track relevant prospects, yeah. whether it's today, tomorrow, the next, whoever it is that you want to ideally attract, that's how you're going to do this is by really dialing in your investment real estate being that of your LinkedIn profile. So let's dig into kind of how to optimize this. Number one, you got to have a, you got to have a picture. You just have to. Yeah. Um, what do you say to those people who are uh, conscientious about having a picture up? What do you say? Yeah, it's funny too, and, and I think that's an America thing. In other countries, it's it's not as common, and and the perform. I've seen the data on on how well it performs or doesn't perform. Yeah, to your point, you, you've got to have a picture. Look, it doesn't have to be a glamour shot or anything that's you know you feel intrusive. Some people will have you know it's even zoom back a little bit with a, a child, one of their kids, or they're at you know, on vacation or whatever it is. Um, look, you know, I I think you know. We all are who we are, um, and that's going to come out. We're all doing video interviews. We're all working remotely. We're on video all day, every day. So um, I don't want to minimize people's concern with that. But, but yeah, in today's day uh, and age, I, I do think a, a, a picture is, is really powerful and, you know, probably a necessity. So um, do, do a picture that you're comfortable with. It can be a goofy picture. It, it's got to be professional and, and appropriate, obviously, for the for the setting with it being LinkedIn. But uh, sure, sure, for sure, you have a picture and you probably have it on your other social platforms as well. Um, you, you could find a photo that that uh, you don't feel terrible about being out there and people are going to see it. The other thing, too, is eventually you're going to work with these people face to face, whether it's the version of face to face that's digitally or yeah. face to face. You're going to work with them. Right. And so you might as well humanize yourself and get people to recognize that you are a real person and, yep. and who you are. <clears throat> um, 
I would say outside of the picture, I would say the next piece is how important a good title is. Uh, let's give an example. Let's say you're a, a regulatory affairs professional in, in medical, uh, medical technology, or excuse me, in pharmaceutical, and you work in regulatory CMC, but your title just says regulatory affairs professional. Yeah. How many people are going to hit you up, hiring managers, recruiters, uh, you know, industry folks, for all the wrong reasons because you weren't clear with your title? Yeah. Yep. Secondly, every time if your title is wrong, it's going to throw off all the keyword searching. So you want to be as specific as you possibly can. What do you want to be found for? Like it or not, people are going to find you if you're on LinkedIn. Yep. They're going to find yep. you. What do you want to be found for? And I would be as super clear with the title as you possibly can expressing exactly what you do for a living. What are your thoughts on that, Adam? Yeah, hundred percent. So, Hey, EUMDR expert by day, you know, superhero by night. It's something, it can be kind of funny, but you're, you're exactly right. Regulatory affairs specialist, too broad. UX, UI designer, too broad. Here's what I do. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to be sought out for. Um, and if I were to make a move, I'm giving, I'm telling you, this is, you know, this, I'm giving you the answers to the test. Here's something I would consider in the future. Exactly right. Yeah. You want to be really dialed in there. Such a great segue. So the LinkedIn uh, about section on your profile is one of the most, if not the most underutilized sections of your profile. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and there's so much valuable real estate there. In my opinion, it should be used for expressing who you are professionally, who you help professionally, and what are you trying to do? What are you interested in moving forward professionally? It's almost verbatim what you just said uh, about the title section. But in that about section, this is where you can really take advantage of, of building a, your candidate value proposition. Why should somebody stop dead in their tracks and care about what you have to offer versus somebody with a very similar background, similar title. Right. right and right. so we talk about measurable outcomes. Where have you been able to make money, save money, improve a process, uh, over, overachieve against the deadline. Where are the things that you're benchmarked for on a quarterly basis or a yearly basis performance wise in your own role that you want somebody else to know how you've been able to deliver and you want that to shine in your about section. Yeah. Thoughts there. No, hundred percent. That's your chance to, you know, people don't like, a lot of people don't feel comfortable bragging about themselves. Okay, well, good. You're already kind of doing that ahead of time. So that way, when you do speak with a hiring manager, you kind of don't have to do that subtle brag as much because they already know they can ask you questions about that. Hey, your, your KPIs are X. It looks like you've authored six, five, 10 Ks in this space. Is that right? Yeah. And here's, here's kind of how it came up and, and, and uh, it's, it's, much more clarity going in. So yeah, you're right. A lot of people are very bare boned or they just overlook that section altogether and, and, and they're leaving uh, a really good opportunity on the table. So much, opportunity. so much opportunity. The other thing too, is think about, again, think about if somebody's going to search me out, like it or not, I'm not actively looking, but somebody's going to search me out and they're going to send me a message one way or the other. What do I want to be found for? If I have, you know, if I have certain regulatory submission experience, I want, to be known for that, it's going yeah. in my about section. Yeah. If I'm an engineer in electrical engineering and I am known because I have really good expertise in XYZ, I want that on my resume. What is the key terminology in your industry, in your functional area of expertise that you want to be known for? If you're a chief operating officer, are you known for building high-performing teams and really your ability to delegate? Are you more of a hands-on director of operations and you're on the manufacturing floor every day? What is the key terminology, the key 
outcomes that you want to be known for and be searched out for. That should be in your about section. Yeah, absolutely. Because, and it's going to serve you well as well. You know, hey, I'm a infrastructure engineer or architect. I'm, I specialize in VMware and this iteration specifically. Okay, great. Well, then at the very least, anyone who's reaching out to you is probably in your world anyway. So it's an, you know, it's somebody you're going to find value in speaking with and maybe they're going to invite you on their podcast. Maybe it is a job you know, offer. Maybe it's, you know, somebody that wants to work for you or be your mentor or be a, a free intern, whatever it is, the more focused and dialed in you are, the more that's going to serve you versus, Hey, you know, I'm reaching out to you about X, Y, Z. And you're like, nah, I'm, I have zero interest in that. Exactly. So again, just to recap the about section, think about the section in three parts, who you are professionally, who you help professionally, and what are you interested in moving forward professionally? And then fill that in, after articulating that, fill it in with the rest of the key terminology in one way, shape, or form of what you want to be known for or be searched out for. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the other thing, when we talk about measurable outcomes, you know, I think this is one of the biggest mistakes people make on their resumes as well, is talking about the scope of responsibility they have, but not what are the outcomes they've driven yeah. Yeah. as a result of that responsibility. Once you have those outcomes figured out and you've got it in the about section, Go ahead and put it in the experience section as well. Really treat your LinkedIn profile as another version, an extension of your resume. Because I guess, I, hear me loud and clear, people will see your LinkedIn profile before they see your resume. Oh, yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. And so if they don't like what they see here or they're not sure over there, why do they care about your resume? Think about it that way. Yeah. A lot um, of the... The tracking ATS, you know, applicant tracking systems that we use with, with the clients that we serve, they use, they're more and more asking for a link to your LinkedIn profile along with the application. They're seeing that probably, like you said, before uh, the resume or in lieu of. So absolutely, yeah. you want that, that, that to uh, uh, present yourself in the best light and, and give yourself as much detailed information about what you've done throughout your career as, as possible. As recruiters, we only have a few seconds at a time to, to look at somebody's resume. And I would say, therefore, a LinkedIn profile. I know for me, what I look for is the highest level of education, the years of relevant experience, someone's tenure, and then the outcomes that they've delivered. So I guarantee hiring managers and other recruiters and talent acquisition professionals are looking for the exact same thing yeah. on your LinkedIn profile. That's why this is so important. Um, so... Any other thoughts, you know, on, on that piece before we move on to the last final piece of optimizing your profile? No. Okay. I would say the other piece that's really important when it comes to optimizing your profile is having some recommendations to help drive credibility of your experience. This could be colleagues in the industry. It could be former or current supervisors. It could be folks that you've mentored. It could be folks that have reported to you have, I would say, at least three recommendations on your profile because that just instantly drives credibility. Not only that, yeah. but the odds of somebody in your recommendation space knowing somebody that is trying to hire you or recruit you or you're trying to get hired by, for them to know each other is fairly common and, and is only going to help your case. What do you think about the recommendations piece, Adam? Because I know I know that this is kind of big on your profile too. Yeah, the testimonial, the recommendation piece. So, so people can recommend, there's two twofold there they can recommend you for a specific skill set hey this person knows uh aws this person knows azure this person knows waterfall or agile whatever it might be um but also hey i worked with mitch on this project let me tell you about him he did this this and this 
basically there here's the measurable outcomes here's the specific project i mean they're, they're val invaluable and that can be in three or four sentences and those are very very powerful it po their picture pops up their title pops up and what what they're saying about you Th those are tremendously powerful um, i think the best way to probably obtain some of those is to proactively reach out to people that you can refer gosh who's who's done a really good job for me oh i can name six people okay i'm going to reach out to them and say would you like me to take a few minutes and write you a testimonial on your linkedin profile yes because it will say given and received um, and so generally you know if you can write five or six for people great you might get 10 back and then just have it part of your process excuse me, um, where you're you're proactively asking somebody and, you know, hey, look, I know you're very busy. If you could find yourself, you know, with five minutes of time to provide a testimonial for me, I'd be truly grateful. I'd be over the moon. Nine times out of 10, they're, they're going to oblige. Absolutely. All right. So let's move on to the next piece. Let's say you've got your profile dialed in. Um, and again, I just want to harp on this. It's It's not a matter of whether or not you're actually looking for a job, whether or not you should optimize your profile. It comes back to the number one reason people make a change is because of career opportunity. Yeah. There's a stat out there that says 87% of people passively or actively are open to an opportunity if it was an enhancement to what they're doing. It's almost, almost 90% of you are saying that. Yeah. So why wouldn't you want to be found for the right reasons? That's why this is so important. Okay. Let alone being active. That's a whole different animal. We're talking about having your profile dialed in so you can get, be found at the right time for the right reasons. The next part of this, once your profile is dialed in, is, is content. Again, we're not asking you to be the next influencer on LinkedIn and have to worry about, you know, how much content and the quality of your content. But content and engagement, which we're going to get to, helps build credibility. It helps build authority. It helps you stand out from the market noise with all other candidates who are doing a similar job to you. And so I'm going to share a couple examples of what we mean by content that you can do very easily. And then Adam, I want you to give your thoughts as well. Yeah. I want you to think about what are the daily struggles that you're going through as a professional in your industry, in your functional area? What are the wins that you're achieving? What are some anomalies that have happened in your company or in your area or with your team? And write, write posts about it. Today, you know, we really struggled. We were working on an implementation for... Uh, you know, our new ERP rollout and this happened. I couldn't believe it because in 20 years, my boss said he's never saw that. Here's what we learned about it. Boom, done. How much value did you just add by talking about something that you didn't have to even think about because it just happened to you anyways. And all you did was regurgitate your thoughts on it. Or, you know, I can't believe this. A colleague of mine just got promoted after 10 years. They were so frustrated because they kept being passed over and they tweaked this one thing and I saw him get promoted. And I was so happy for him. Here's how we celebrate it, right? Yeah. What you're doing is you're humanizing yourself. You're making yourself relatable to the industry and to people and people want to work with people they can relate to, right? Yeah. You're taking everything that's happened to you in real life and all you're doing is just summarizing it. And you could do this once, twice, a couple times a week, but that content gets shared. That content gets liked. That content um, uh, creates more visibility on your profile. People start noticing your accolades and your outcomes that you've driven. And then all of a sudden, people start reaching out because they think that you can help them. And before you know it, opportunity strikes. What do you say to that? 100%. The algorithm still rewards folks for original content. So 
that's a good reason to do it. That's a self-serving reason to do it. Big picture, though, you're serving the community. Like you said, you're, you're promote, promoting stuff. And it's kind of a cool thing because it archives itself, too. So you can look back at, you know, gosh, I'm having a tough day. Do I really like this job? Do I like my company? Okay, well, actually, here's 17 posts that tell me why I love the company, it, you know, or, or, or you're seeing yourself over the years and over the months and years. And so that's that's kind of a cool feature as well. Um, but people are going to search that. People are going to see that. And I promise, especially at scale, like we're talking about, it's going to connect with somebody. And, and you probably just really uh, help somebody that was having a lousy day. And maybe they can make that same tweak or they'll ping you and say, hey, you're talking about your colleague that just has been overlooked five different promotional opportunities in a row. And then she or he finally got this promotion. What was that big takeaway? You can let them know. Uh, or, hey, I don't know, you can ask them directly, here's who it is. And wow, that might have changed the trajectory of their whole life. Yep. So whatever for those of you, yeah. For those of you who say, I don't have the time for this. Okay, we're all overworked. We're all tired. We've all got responsibilities. We've all got priorities. Um, with that said, how important is it to you to build an outstanding candidate value proposition, a candidate reputation, so that one day you're in a position to obtain the opportunity that you want? That's what we're talking about here. And so all it simply takes is you writing some bullets when something happens. Ooh, that's great. Write this bullet. You sit down with your morning coffee, you type up your notes, you throw it on LinkedIn, you don't think twice about it. We're not asking for perfection here. We're asking for consistency, consistency, right? Yeah. And how much time are you scrolling through through your feed right now? Or how have you posted about gas prices? Have you posted about things that you know, at a level are, are really out of your control. Um, so great. So here's, take that same amount of time where, again, you're not, like you said, you're not asking somebody to work an extra one or two hours a week uh, when yeah. you already feel overwhelmed. So here's a good, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about what you know. So it's, it's not going to be time consuming at all. Exactly. All right. And the last piece that we want to talk about is engagement. So you've got your LinkedIn profile optimized. You've got uh, some content rolling out right? That's creating more credibility, more authority for you. The power of engaging on other people's uh, uh, um, uh, posts is phenomenal. One, what's going to happen is the law of reciprocity is going to kick in. People are going to say, oh, this person is consistently, you know, they're liking my posts or they're leaving me comments. Let me see what they've got. And then they engage and they like your stuff. And then before you know it, their network sees your posts. And before you know it, your network has grown tremendously for people to have eyes on your profile. Um, the other reason is, again, the algorithm favors people who are engaging on the profile. So a simple like here, a simple like there starts to help visibility of your own stuff. What are your thoughts on the power of engagement and kind of how to go about doing so? It's huge and and do it, you know, make it worth your time, right? So do it in a, in a rewarding way. So you're engaging on things that you're interested in. Wow. This digital health CEO is talking about how it's impacting, you know, we're bringing patient care from the hospital setting to your living room. What? Let me explain more on that. So I'm, I'm reading that article. I'm engaging it. I'm putting my two cents on it. Awesome. So to your point, then the next time that comes up, you're going to be, you're going to see it. Um, wow. And then, and then it, it snowballs from there. Maybe 18 months from now, you get a message from a, a, a new founder that's creating a new digital health company in your space that you never would have heard about and she or he is recruiting you to lead product for the whole thing. I mean, that's, that's how powerful this is. Um, if, if it's done the, the correct way and it should be, again, it, you're not trying to game the system. It's stuff you're already 
reading and, and liking anyway. So just do it, you know, from an engagement standpoint uh, digitally. Adam, you mentioned at the, uh, at the earlier part of the show how many uh, stories recently you've seen or actual things happen in real time on LinkedIn where somebody, yeah. you know, is laid off or somebody, you know, had their offer rescinded and they use the power of LinkedIn. It goes viral and they can't keep up with the amount of inbound messages and how many opportunities and offers they have. So this stuff is yeah. real. We're here to help you as far as the fact that you just, you know, everybody's talking about the big R word these days, recession. And we're talking about layoffs looming across industries and nobody's safe. I don't, you know, yes, some med tech is more often than not uh, a little bit uh, less. Impacted, but it still happens, right? Crazy things like COVID happen where the whole world shuts down. It's really, really important to do everything in your power to position yourself so that it works for you while you're sleeping, let alone when you really need it to work and you work actively. I'll give you the final words for the show. Hundred percent, and like I had mentioned with you know the Beastie Boys back back in the day, um, you know it's one to one. Hey, I'm, here's my demo tape. Take a listen. If you're an AR A&R guy or whoever, great. Bieber, Justin Bieber, and Billie Eilish, and you know the new new wave of pop uh, pop stars, they did it differently. So they record a video for five cents, you know, essentially free, post it on YouTube, and the market goes. And it's working again while you're sleeping. So many people are seeing it. It's one-to-many versus one-to-one. And that's what LinkedIn can do for you. Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we're seeing layoffs um, a fair amount each day. Now we're seeing those in our, in our feeds. Uh, a true story, a real-time story, I guess, a product manager. I don't know the guy at all. I'm in his world and he's in mine. He posted last Monday that he was unfortunately part of a layoff. Um, and then I saw his stuff come up throughout the week. And then by Friday, Friday night, he, he posted an, an update. The, the, the numbers were staggering. He, the, the short answer to reverse engineer is he's got 10 plus meetings or interviews scheduled for this week. That's probably doubled or tripled by now. Um, but he's, you know, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people have seen his stuff. Now we're in the millions of where you know, it's spider webbed out, but he's, he, I think he said he had 1200 or 1800 new LinkedIn invite requests, um, in the hundreds of DMS and he's still going through all of them. Um, and it's just been amazing. So people are sharing his story and it was just authentic. It was short and sweet. Um, and it, and it described what he does and, and where he could add value and what types of organizations he would like to join. And the thing went nuts. And that's one example. Um, and, and even if it's not at scale at that level, I mean, holy cow, if you post, you know, unfortunately, I was part of today's layoffs. It really stinks. I'm supposed to get married in two weeks. I've seen some of those as well. Hey, this happened a week before my my wedding. So as you can imagine, people are empathetic towards that. And people are reaching out and, and they're getting job interviews. They're getting jobs. They're getting you know, or promotions if, if, if it weren't part of that layoff, you know, people are connecting and, and, you know, serving that community and, and it's going to end up doing, doing them really well. Um, you know, because of that versus, Hey, I got fired today. I got laid off today. I'm going to cry in my beer and hope somebody proactively reaches out to me versus, or reactively, I guess, versus I'm proactive about putting myself out in the marketplace I'm going to take a slice of humble pie. Hey, I'm unemployed for the first time since I was 15. I've seen variations of that post as well. And that does really well. Um, just whatever's authentic to you, whatever's true to yourself, you're putting yourself out there. Here's who I am. Here's what I'm good at. Here's where I can add value. Reach out to me if, if you would find value in doing so.
And again, it's a one-to-many strategy instead of an antiquated one-to-one strategy. 100%. Yep. I'm faxing my resume to somebody. I'm giving, hang on, let me get my resume out of my car. Can you take five copies and give them to your boss and five, you know, people in your, in your marketing department? That's, or even sitting there banging out applications one at a time versus right, hey, right. Let me put up a post that's yeah. going to reach a hundred thousand people and you know, X amount yeah. of people are going to respond and help me. So, and it's so funny too. And it's supply and demand kind of like you had mentioned with the investment property, you know, Hey, I'm, I've got an investment property in Scottsdale, Arizona. It, it makes $30,000 a year. I'm not interested. Well, somebody that saw your property and they're like, holy cow, this is prime location. It's kept up really well, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to offer you $200,000 over market price. Now you might have like a, a decision to make just like, right. hey, I'm happy where I'm at in my job. Well, you just found out about this dream job that you never would have had you not put yourself out there. Um you know, and kind of the, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's no, I don't see any downside of it other than you're, yeah, you're going to have to sift through messages and, 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 and comb through that a little bit um, and be tactful and, and try to respond to everyone that you can. Um, but it's really going to serve you well uh, by, by putting yourself out there. And again, the, the one-to-many approach versus one. Oh, and I was going to try to say almost like the scarcity model. Now you're in such high demand, you have more leverage and confidence going into these interviews. This poor guy Monday felt like the rug was pulled out from under him. He's always had a job since he's 15 and now he doesn't have a job and now he's going to try to, you know, grovel and get a new job. All of a sudden it went to, Hey, I've got 30 people trying to hire me. I can be more selective. So that's a good thing for everybody. But then also, hey, I'm not going to just jump in and say, I need a job by August 1st and I'll take the first job offer that comes by. And, you know, even if it's under market value, no, that that person that that changed the game for that for that guy. Absolutely. Well, good stuff. Uh, That should do it for this uh, edition of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. Uh, We will be here again with another episode coming to you shortly. All things talent related, especially in the med tech industry. Adam, thanks so much for being here. Of course, man. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Med Tech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.